from the Duck South Studios in Morgan City, Mississippi. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I want to punch you in the face so bad right now. This is the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Get the governor harumph. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Today's episode is brought to you by Advantage Multi from Bayer. Advantage Multi is veterinarian's number one choice in the prevention of heartworms, fleas, roundworms, hookworms, and whipworms. Treats and controls sarcoptic mange. Make sure your dog is protected by using Advantage Multi. I said what I said and I'll stand by it to the death. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And now, here are your hosts, Jay Paul Jackson. You just love to hear yourself talk, don't you? Even when you're not saying anything. Rocky LaFleur. Yo, Houston Kennedy. Please, Houston, we have a problem. And Josh Webb. Coons. We're raccoons trying to get on our back porch. Mama just chased them off with a broom. Welcome to the On the X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I'm Rocky LaFleur, and I have the awesome, the unbelievable Josh Webb and Mr. Trade Show himself, and he is suffering from it, as you're about to hear, Jake LaTundris from LaTundris Media. Guys, it's good to have you here today. Uh, it's good to be here. Good to be here. Jake, are you are you making it okay? Man, <clears throat> I'm trying. I'm going to lay down on the couch and take some Tylenol and get through this podcast with you guys, but... uh Going to these trade shows and exposing uh, ourselves to all these people, it's inevitable that um, we're going to trade something uh, with each other. And unfortunately, um, I have I have a, a bad cold, so just bear with me, if you will. <laughs> Gosh, you you, you kind of I don't have it in the nose. I just have it in the uh, in the throat. My let me ask you this: scratchy. Let me ask you this. Does my voice sound better now for radio, or does it sound worse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you sound fine. I think that every hunter that is listening to this podcast will will understand <laughs> what it's like for what you're going through, because I'm going to tell you something. I've been hunting in the rain the past, what, Josh, probably five days, six days? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, a bit, it's listen, been nasty. And the thing about it was, Josh Josh uh, was working the other day, and anyway, Josh sat through one of the worst rainstorms that I've ever seen a human being with with some guys that I've ever seen come through while I was hunting with no lightning involved. It wasn't any lightning, was it, Josh? No, no. And, you know, when we got out there, it was drizzling. You know, you might might call it sprinkling. It wasn't that bad. And then about the time we got good and settled in, had killed a few ducks. And then, man, the sky went black. I mean, no, I was, you know, making sure, obviously, there was no lightning. I mean, there was no thunder lightning or anything. But, I mean, you couldn't even see the other side of the decoys for the rain. And the guys I was with, they just laughed all the way through it. So I said, okay, cool. We'll just we'll wait it out, but it was, man, it was it was awful. It really was awful and awesome at the same time because it's like you can't do anything but laugh when it's raining like that, and at the same time you don't see rains like that often, so it, it's got to be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was. I mean, yeah, there was nothing you could do but laugh. I mean, that was it. I mean, it was there was nothing you could do but laugh. Hey, Jake, do you remember in Forrest Gump where Forrest is describing the types of rainfall in... uh, Oh, my goodness. When he was in Vietnam, Josh was in the middle of a rainstorm where the rain was actually coming up from up under him up. (laughs) That is the truth. So if he'd had his skirt on, he'd have been getting wet up underneath there is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. The first thing we got to talk about is our man Joseph Presley at Four Corner Properties. Now, Joseph is a real estate agent at Four Corner Properties. Joseph is the title sponsor of our podcast, and Joseph specializes in recreational property 
uh, waterfowl, deer, and turkey property. Um, so if you're looking for a piece of property, you know, the thing that's cool about Joseph, just like he said the other day, if you already have an agent and you just need some information, give Joseph a call. Uh, he'd be happy to help in any kind of way, getting any kind of information to you, or you're getting ready to sell your property. Joseph can pretty much tell you what that property is worth. And Joseph works in Louisiana and Mississippi right now. He's getting, you know, he told Josh and I the other day that he's getting his license in Arkansas in the next couple of weeks, right, Josh? Yeah, he said he, he's in the, the finishing stages of uh, of getting that so that he can so that he can help out the you know the Arkansas crowd too, which is awesome um, because they uh, you know they they've really grown. That business has really grown. Joseph's really grown. You know, Joseph was the 2016 Land Realtor of the Year in the state of Mississippi. Um, so it's been really cool to to see his to see his not only his personal growth but the growth of their company and now to have them as our our title sponsor has been really really cool. Yeah, I mean if you need to get in touch with Joseph, Joseph is at 601. 540-7240. If you're looking for any property in Louisiana, Mississippi, or Arkansas, please give Joseph a call. This is this is one of our deer hunting podcasts. So look, I got a question for you. We mm -hmm. we from the cold that you have, it sounds like you must have shook a lot of hands and you saw a lot of things at the shot show because didn't Jimbo went with you, right? We yeah, we went together, um, and we just had some mutual uh, mutual meetings with uh, companies. And you know, as y'all know, Jim and I work in collaboration together. We kind of we have a little uh, uh, what do you call it? It's a, it's our mo now, and that is we came into this together, so we're gonna go out of this together. So yeah, we uh, we went in together, and um, we. We shook a lot of hands. We met a lot of people. We looked around at a lot of products, and quite frankly, uh, the shot show was as busy as I've ever seen it, um, at least in the last ten years. And there was quite a buzz going around. So, um, it, you know, there's a lot of excitement in the air. There are some old school people that are a little disappointed because, you know, things are changing in terms of how digital marketing uh, is changing the industry, but you know the big buzz is how's everyone going to adjust to it, and who's going to who's going to catch the boat and who's not. Well, yeah, I mean we talked about that on the you know after we closed out with Jess last week, and mm -hmm. you know what's what's becoming of social media marketing and utilizing those dollars there for you know say a hunting mm -hmm. company because you know I would much rather spend four or five thousand dollars for a let's say a six to ten minute webisode than I would what what is up you know it's always interesting getting to know people like you Jake and talking about how much money goes into a 13 episode season of a show on say the outdoor channel I mean it mm -hmm. what does it cost just just tell people that are listening this what's the basic cost on a hunting show on tv what what are you looking at? Well, when you when you pull all the money together from travel, production costs, post production costs, equipment, um, where I'm not say new equipment, but wear and tear on equipment, um, insurance, um, and and airtime airtime costs is really what kills people. Um, airtime costs really, I mean that's your that's your biggest chunk. So that's money you've already spent before you've even received it. And I would say that that in a conservative world, that a TV show that runs two quarters, say third and fourth quarter, a deer hunting show, probably costs somewhere around a, a quarter of a million dollars, if not um, exceedingly more than that, depending on the production values they have. So, you know, it's not a cheap thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. You've got responsibilities that you have to follow through with, you know, with these sponsors. And it's not always, you know, the old saying is, well, we'll get, we'll get that shot later, and you never get it. So, you know, there's lots of innuendos um, that come with in the responsibilities of having sponsorship dollars in your hands when you're trying to satisfy everyone. But the whole social media, digital, let's not even call it social media anymore because it's really 
um, evolving into a digital platform across the board, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or things like Waypoint TV, which is a digital platform, which is really the new, the next new, uh, the, the new next Netflix for the outdoor world. So, you know, going into this new realm of marketing with film production, the airtime is gonna is gonna be omitted. So. Uh, production costs or, or, or overall costs and values are going to go down so sponsors are able to spend their money in different places. And, um, you know, again, it's exciting. I hate it for some people because they haven't moved on from television yet, but, um, you know, it's definitely the, 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 the look for the future, and I'm really looking forward to it. Jake, just the airtime alone, just say that Rocky LaFleur – and Josh Webb, we wanted to buy a slot on the Outdoor Channel. Just the the thirty minutes or the the thirteen episodes. What what is just the cost on that for a, I mean, a block? airtime? Airtime, air depending on what net network is going to cost you anywhere, and and your time slots. The closer you get to prime time, which are Tuesday afternoons and Thursday afternoons. Um, the closer you get to those blocks of time or within those blocks of time, the airtime costs go up because, you're, you know, people that can afford it pay for it because they know there's going to be more eyes on it. And I would say that across the board between, you know, small networks and large networks, it's probably somewhere between 100000 and $180,000 just for airtime. Good night. Yeah. So people just don't wrap their head around that when they look at when they're looking at they don't realize uh here's 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 what gets me yeah yeah yeah. i'm sorry go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you no 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 i was through go ahead here's what gets me is when people start when let's just say a big name in the industry jumps ship from one sponsor to the next and knowing what you know now about airtime costs and they go from one one uh, rifle company to the next as their title sponsor. Let's just call it widgets, so we're not we're not biased here in any way. They have a widget company that title sponsors their show. They pay for their airtime, so they write them a check for a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is. Okay, then the following year, the the other widget company, widget widgets are us comes in and offers them twenty or thirty more thousand dollars and they jump ship to that other company and you see it on social media all the time. Well you said this was the best product and blah 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 blah. Why did you jump ship? There's no loyalty. And there is some validity to that from a moral and ethical perspective going into a business relationship. Yet at the same time it's somewhat of a bidding war when two companies go after each other like that in a competitive environment and if you're going to get $30,000 more from a company and pay for your airtime and you can allocate that money towards something else like production costs or whatever, then you've got a little bit more job security going into this uh, deal with the other companies. So, you know, from a business perspective, if it's just purely business, which, you know, let's just wake up and smell the roses because that's what it is, then you have to make those moves to better yourself Um as long as, you know, in my opinion, as long as you're being honest and you've got integrity about you and all that stuff, you go into it from a business perspective, and that's the thing that people don't realize how much it costs and how very few production companies out there make money on outdoor television. Most of those people are out there either paying extra money out of their pocket because they have some, some other, you know, independence of wealth somewhere else, or they're literally spending their money that that you know they've been saving their whole lives trying to make something work, and quite frankly, it almost seems like a a dead end street for a lot of people. Yeah, you man, you better have a product. You better be you better be a really good talent, or you better have a product that you're promoting that you're making money off of. You agree with That's that? Right. Totally agree. It, it goes, you got to have an unbelievably remarkable product, or you got to be killing giant bucks, or you need camo bikinis. It's one of the three. I mean, you know, there's no ifs, ands, or 
of buts about it. It's just the way it's 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 what turns it's what turns the money wheel. You know, you know, Jake, you must be reading my mind because when you first started kind of talking about this, and Josh, I don't mean to take up all the commenting part of this section, but last night, I'm not going to say who it is, but a very big talent on social media was getting hammered because exactly what you just said, hey, I thought you said such and such was what I, you know, was the best mm. product out there. And now mm. they've jumped ship to a new product in the same line. And now they're saying that this is the best product. Dude, they're, he, they are getting hammered because they did that. They're, they're, there's two, in my opinion, there's two ways to handle that, okay? One is you don't say anything's the best. You talk about this is what I use and this is why, which is what want, people want to know anyway. I mean, most of us have been watching outdoor television for at least 15 or 20 years, and and we've been hearing the best. you got to go buy this, the NASCAR commercial, the info commercial, or the infomercial for years. So... Do any of us really buy into that? Probably not. There might be some kids out there that don't understand, you know, marketing and how it all works. But for the most part, as adults, we all realize that, you know, that there are other options out there. So you talk about it, why you use it, and the the reasons why you use it, what makes it a, a viable product, and or um, you know, you just stay loyal to the people that you you know you're riding the wave with and. And you make some sacrifices and, and you know, stay and, and keep yourself clean. Well, I think that it all goes back to kind of what you just explained. But when somebody sponsors you, I, I think that the, 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 the problem is, and I'm probably not going to explain myself well enough, but in every picture or post that you ever make, you put that name brand in one of those pictures in some form or fashion, and then you jump ship and you say, you know, you you're saying that this is the best product. That's why you get hammered. Mm -hmm. It's true. I mean, you just got to be able to face the consequences. But the million dollar question would be a reflection to the person that's criticizing that person and I'm not defending it at all one way or another. I'm just I'm throwing this stuff out there as as, you know, what we've talked about, what we've seen in the past and from experience and that is, well, let me ask you this. What would you do? If you were me, what would you do? And, you know, the first person that says, Well, I'm probably gonna stick to that company, they either A have never faced that situation before or they're they're not what is what's the new word for lying? Politically re correct word for lying. I heard it on the news today. Alternative information. <laughs> and I heard that. To, I, I heard that today. Oh, I was listening to I was listening to Donald Trump's address, and um, you know he's talking about China, and and the word lying came up, and someone someone corrected him and said the correct word from now on what we're going to use is alternative information. And they were talking, I think they were talking about kids at school that don't tell the truth or whatever. So um, I, I kind of threw my, my uh, I, I took a tangent there, but um, where, was, where was I going with that, fellas? We were talking we're about, talking about the, pro the products. Yeah, the, um, you just have to face the consequences. If you're going to endorse a product, you know, uh, and we've talked about Jay many times on the podcast. And one of the reasons many years ago, 15 years ago, when I jumped on with Jay was um, was because he didn't believe in scent control products, not not sprays or, or, or you know, different devices, you know, ozone devices or whatever. But this was back in the day of the scent uh, control clothing. <coughs> Excuse me. He never bought into it. And I never really believed in it myself. And when I... When I found out that he had passed up some opportunities with some scent control companies, I I bought into that because I you know the the whole theory was 
just hunt the wind and you don't have to worry about it. You're not going to fool a deer's nose. So, you know, when you jump in there and you start telling everyone, you can just put on this suit and go jump in a tree stand and, and, and disregard the wind. Then, then all of a sudden you get out of it and you start pr- endorsing some other product or you stop wearing it. You know, what does that, what kind of image does that create? Yet at the same time, you know, when, when somebody gets involved in a rumor or they start getting bashed on the internet, you know, if you just sleep it off for a day, someone else will make a mistake and all the hammering will get focused on someone else and it'll just go away anyway, <laughs> you know? No, I, I agree with that. Uh, let me ask you this, Jake. You've been involved in all this television world for a long, long time. Do you do you think that there are people out there that, God, I don't want to make this sound so bad. I really don't. Do you think that there are people on TV for ego trips? Kind of going back to what you said, they just been they they do it for their own ego because you hear so many you hear that sometimes. You know, let, let, somebody else. Spend, yeah, let, I, I understand. I think I'm not. I, I, think, I don't want that to make that sound bad. No, I really don't. No, no, no. Let let me let me sweeten that up for you. Let me put some tea. Let me put some sugar in your tea, Rocky. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's. There's no question we all have egos. There's no question we've all hunted with our egos. There's no question that when when we shoot a big deer, we the first thing we do is take a phone a phone picture of it and get it up on Instagram or Facebook as quickly as possible. And it's hard to deny the fact that that's not some that's not ego driven. Now, there's a difference between, you know, egotism from a, a over overpowering perspective and a complete selfishness perspective versus something that you're proud of doing and and proud to show everyone. So I think, you you know, if we were to use the word ego to describe it, I think any of us that said no would be lying completely, you know, baloney because there, there, I mean, it's, it's, there's, it's part of our, it's part of our human nature. So I'm going to leave it you know, as a general answer that, yeah, there's there's ego involved in television production. There's ego involved. I mean, let's face it, competition. I mean, whether you're running, you know, Hussein Bolt against Hussein Bolt in the 100-meter dash, he's got an ego bigger than bigger than South America. But, but, he, but he, he can back it up, too. And so, you know, I just tend to overlook ego. I think it's a maturity level and you grow into it. If you have a strong ego going into outdoor television or you're in the hunting industry, you're going to get humbled one way or another. So, you know, it just shows where you are with your maturity levels, just like we talked about the five levels of hunting uh, that uh, the hunter goes through. I think it's just part of that, uh, that same sort of philosophy. I got one more question. I'm going to let Josh talk, I promise. Josh, just forgive me, please. No, Let I'm enjoying that. that. No, this is great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is some great. No, this stuff. is this that, is awesome. That, 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 I'm yeah, gonna I get mean, hammered. Here, oh, someone's gonna blindside me at some trade show no. now for, for <laughs> talking about this stuff. But that's okay. No, well, hey, mean, the truth. The truth is the truth, right? That's right. That's right. That's what I was gonna say. Well, I'll tell you this. You hear so many people. You know, I am. I am a. I have a one-toe foot in the world that you're in, Jake. I know a lot of people, and I don't say that to any kind of way build me up, but I'm just saying I know a lot of people. I know some of the, a few of the ins and outs, but, man, to have somebody like on like you on the show as a co-host that can really talk about this, let me ask you this, because you've worked old school, you've worked new school. What is the difference today versus, say, 15 years ago? That's a really, really good question. And I just had this conversation yesterday with someone that was very famous and popular in the old school and is giving is has given up on the new school because this person just doesn't have the energy or the or – the, fortitude to fight what's happening okay and and so we had this talk about sports okay and when we were kids let's say when you and I were kids rocky because we're we're older than josh we had 
we had certain football players like Roger Staubach or Terry Bradshaw or Randall Cunningham or Tony Dorsett or whoever it was. There's this, you know, th- these group of athletes that you had to have their football cards. I mean, those were the guys, right? And then as as you grew older, that 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 athlete those athletes became too old they retired and new athletes coming out of college dominated the scene and so then we had our you know ricky williams and and troy aikman and 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 just evolved into a new generation of of popularity and i think that is the key to understanding if you're trying to get in the industry right now the key to understanding it is knowing that this generation is flipping and you need to adjust to the next generation or you're never going to make it because old school has has been left in the dust and and the train's leaving and there's no one looking back if you miss the train there ain't no one there going to stick their hand out and try to help you up you got to do it yourself one on that one thing i see so many people young people uh looking at that is there's, I mean, it seems like there's a thousand different of the, I say a thousand different, a thousand different names for the same product. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. like there's, mm-hmm. and so, so they don't know or they don't feel like they should trust or get behind a product um, unless, uh, unless it has some kind of, well, I really unless it ends up being some kind of social media benefit to them, you know, some way they can help them get 10,000 followers. But but it's just like there's almost a lack of depth that that younger generations see in companies. At the same time, I don't know, I guess it's just kind of confusing maybe for them because they look at it and they're like, well, there's this, just say, broadhead. Well, if you look at it and take away whatever name is on it, there's probably ten more out there that work and look just the same. So why would I? Hundred. So yeah, that's right. So so I think a lot of the the younger confusion, the confusion of the younger generation is, you know, why that one? Um, just because somebody who's been, especially with people that's their same age on on TV or whatever being the ones pushing the product, you know, why would, you know, that product's only been around for two years and that guy's probably only been hunting for five. So why would I listen to him type thing? And I don't, it's hard for me to explain that to some people when they get asked that, you know, well, why do you do this or that or, or whatever? And, you know, my, my personal opinion on, on all of it is I don't use or shoot or do anything, use any product that, that I do not or have not used for a long time before I ever publicly say anything about it. Just just for that reason, because I don't I don't want people to ask me that all the time uh, because it's hard to explain. It's hard for them to you know. Well, why would you do that when there's you know when when this will help you get noticed or this blah blah blah. I'm just kind of person. I'm, I'm going to use some. I may use ten different ones, but I'm but I'm doing it to find one that I believe in. And I don't think that this younger generation does that too much. I could be wrong. I hope I am wrong, but but I just see too much of it. You know, hey, look, I'm going to do this, and if it doesn't help me get noticed in six months, I'm going to go do this. And there's no there's no depth to it. Well, think about. I read a book one time, and I think it was called something. It was something tribal, and in the the premise to the book was about why we as humans choose to be on teams. Why are we so fanatical about our football team? Why are we so fanatical about our basketball team? Why are we so fanatical about our Olympic team when it's on the world stage? And the, the answer in a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a synopsis, the answer is because we, as, as homo sapiens, we were born – it, you know, we were we were led into tribal situations, so we have this innate this innate ability to choose sides based on the people that are on that other side and how they influence you and and why you become loyal to that tribe. Okay, and I don't mean that in any sort of racial way, anything. This we're talking about organic human nature and how we gravitate towards 
a product. Okay, that's what that's what the subject matter is. So my point would be, you know, when if you're a 12 year old kid and some big star that you totally looked up to in the hunting world is endorsing a product, your natural gravitation is to go that way because your hero is using it. You want to be just like him. So where, while there's no depth in terms of what that product is better at versus its competition, the depth is involved with the human mind in terms of why we chose that route because some we had influence somewhere. So, I mean, that's my theory on it. And I told, after I read that book, it really explained a lot to me about you know, why we choose these things and why we look up to people and why we're so crazy, why we rip toilets off the flange when our football team loses on Saturday and stuff like that. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's an innate sense of of family. It's an innate sense of grouping. All right. I got a question for everybody because you brought this up a little bit ago, Jake. Tell me when video first started, when we're talking VHS, DVDs, uh, and I guess it'd be with Josh, but <laughs> but but who who did you look up to that on TV or that was on a VHS or DVD? Who was the guy you looked up to? I looked up to from a from a deer hunting perspective. I looked up to um, Jay Gregory. I looked up to Mark and Terry Drury. Um, and I looked up to the entire Mossy Oak crew, Toxie and Cuz Strickland, and and then throwing in the Primos. I mean, those were the guys that I looked up to, and I had that innate sense of family. Um, having grown up in Tennessee, I was I was I was just like I gravitated towards Mossy Oak, and those people that wore Mossy Oak were my guys. You know, that's all of them. From a fishing perspective, it was definitely the Linder brothers uh, and the In Fisherman crew. That was a religiously. I mean, I still have over. I probably have over 400 uh, videos from VHS to DVD in my video library at home in boxes down in my basement. And if you look through them, they'd be dominated by the In Fisherman and all the guys that that wore mossy oak. What about you, Josh? No, which Toxie and the Masio crew was was really big, and that was also about the same time that that Realtree and and their crew came out. We were I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. Um, we got to laughing at, I mean, even up to I mean, I still do sometimes uh, because I do still have a TV that'll play VHS. Thank you, Rocky, <laughs> and I will go get Realtree and Masio and and even Primos VHS and throw them in from time to time because and you know one thing now the reason that I like to go back and watch those is because then it those shows I mean you know we're really just talking 15 years ago um Mm -hmm. they it was a lot more about the animal and the hunt and a lot less about the people and the products um mm-hmm. then and that's what and that's why i like to i still go back and, and watch it because um you know they they didn't always kill something they you know they it was more of you know what actually happens now there are some shows that, that are that way now but but no uh you know growing up it was it was it was pretty much all mossy oak stuff like i said i have a lot of the real tree vhs i have some uh I, I always watched Jay Gregory. Uh, always watched anything he was doing, um, and and the Mossy Oak and, and Primos. And Primos really took off when when I was you know younger too. That that was kind of that that era. So that and and plus I'm from Mississippi, so that it had a lot to do with it too. Right, right. But My two closet heroes were um, Andre. I forget his. I forget how to pronounce his last name. The guy that invented Lone Wolf wool stand or tree stands and miles keller because miles keller didn't really work to get on videotapes he was just out there killing big deer and all these guys that we just described looked up to miles keller yeah that's, well, right. got, that's the truth i've got a little funny story to go with mine it kind of it kind of almost goes back to what with you jake uh when i was in 10th grade uh was in English class, and I think I've told both of you 
this story, but I'm going to tell it on the podcast today. But on the second day of school in the 10th grade, our teacher asked us to write a paper to see where our proficiency level was in writing. Mm -hmm. And the simple subject that day was, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I wrote, and who, tell me about somebody that is doing what you want to do later. And they're doing it now, right? So I wrote a paper that I wanted to be, I wanted to hunt for a living. And the two subjects that I chose were Will Primos and Toxie Hayes. And so anyway, I turned the paper in. Grammar was great. And I got a C- on this paper. And at the top of this paper, my teacher had the nerve to write, unrealistic expectations and i don't know if she had something against hunting or whatever it may be but i got a c minus on this paper for unrealistic expectations in life and you know the cool thing about it was i got to film two dvds with will and i actually got got to meet toxie but I, i framed a copy of this paper and I gave it to Toxie and Will. Will has it sitting in his de- on his desk in his office in Florida the last time I talked to him. And they, when I handed it to them and they read it, man, they, these people don't realize the influence that they have on others' lives. And, man, I've never seen Will get emotional before. And, man, he I gave him that thing, and, dude, he just – you know, he just couldn't believe that somebody wanted to do something because he did it. He was just doing his normal, everyday thing. But anyway, I always thought that that C- minus for unrealistic expectations. And ended up hunting, wow. owning a hunting business straight out of college and been really successful at it. And so that's my funny story about who I looked up to. Those are the two that I looked up to because, man, you want to talk about burn a VHS tape up? I literally, on one of the deer hunting DVDs that Primo's put out, I literally burned the tape up Wow! from playing it. Wow. I remember I remember uh, several of my DVD, or, uh, VHSs getting caught up in the player because uh, they got old and the tape was loose on the reel or whatever it was. And I I figured out how to take take the cassette the VHS apart. I did too. I did cut too. It, cut it. That's so cut cool. it where it was wrinkled, and I used scotch tape, scotch tape to tape it back together because I knew I couldn't find that VHS anywhere else because that was really before, you know, they had libraries or walls of, of videotapes uh, at Cabela's or Bass Pro or wherever. You know, it was they were hard to come by. <laughs> Holy crap, so I did the same thing, man. I'm not kidding. <laughs> three screws, three screws, and and you just had to wind it back up, cut it, and put some scotch tape on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's crazy. God, I just aged this, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> hey, Jake, I forgot to tell you at the beginning of the show, you uh, you know what today is, don't you? Oh my goodness! Let me look at my watch. Today is Josh Webb's birthday. Happy birthday, no Josh! Way. You know oh, what? I think I knew that. Didn't I wish you a happy birthday yesterday, Josh? I have no on, idea. On Facebook? Oh, Maybe I, not. I really, Either. really have not been on social media in about two or three days. I have just, I, I have, I picked up my phone just a couple times, um, and I've been hunting most of the day, so I, I haven't been on there. Well, happy birthday, man! I hope you had a great day. And and uh, how old are you now? Can we ask? Twenty eight today. Twenty eight. Wow. <laughs> you must have been having a good time. I don't know if you've looked at Facebook, Jake, but but uh, on Saturday night, I happened to be scrolling through Facebook, and these pictures of Josh pops up. And I guess y'all were out to eat. I just want one question, Josh. How many Coors Light did you? Yeah, have I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, oh, no, at supper too. Thank you. I told Kate. She said, "Man, you look hammered in this picture." I said, "What are you talking about? I ain't even been drinking." <laughs> and at that point, I hadn't. 
I was like, dang, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I did. I, I looked. She said it too. She said it don't matter. I'm putting it on Facebook. Uh, whatever. That had she caught her camera caught you half blink. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he just had to know, no worries. I know I did. I, I looked rough. That crappy I grin. Did. You had that crappy grin that, on your face, like you. Yeah. But I had been at Texas Day Brazil eating for like two hours, and I was miserable for either which way, either which way you look at it. So, but no, we had a good you, uh, time. It was our it was our anniversary Saturday, and then. Uh, and yeah, today's my birthday, so. I was just so it's say, always that's a fun what it was weekend. I congratulated you for. It was your yeah. fifth. It was your yeah. fifth anniversary, right? That's right. That's right. Well, that's wonderful, man. I think you've doubled what the average lifespan of a marriage is already. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But no, we had a good time. Went to the new Bass Pro. If you, well, you haven't been up there, have you, Rocky? Well, I don't know if either one of you have the new one in Memphis and the Pyramid. No, no, I, I have not. It was, and that's something that that I really hope everybody listening, you know, here. It's amazing. It is it, the the whole thing. Really and truly, you need to take two days and go one day and just look at everything, and then if you want to shop, go back the next day because it really, really takes a whole day to go through it, just looking at everything. But in there, whether you support DU or not, you need to go in the the Ducks Unlimited part of it just because. I mean, I, I stood there. Katie had to pull me out of there or out of one section because I just stood there just with my mouth dropped open for 30 minutes, just looking at the things that are in there from a from a historical nostalgia part of it. It, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, they had you know original calls that that Chick and had made and Butch had made and and people even way back before them had made. Uh, they had the you know, of course. Anybody and everybody's guns in there. Um, they have a whole uh, section dedicated to what it's like uh, hunting in flooded timber, duck hunting in flooded timber, and you can walk through it. And I mean, it was it was only I mean, just that one little section of of that whole Bass Pro wow. is is worth going for. It was really really awesome to see to see they had man almost every gun of the year from from the start till now. Uh, I mean, it, but it was unbelievable. I mean, and I understand some some people support Ducks Unlimited, some don't. Some support Duck Waterfowl. Just lay all that aside and go up there and just go through it. So even what even my mom said, she said, "I don't even hunt and I don't even care to hunt." But that part of it is what made it for her, and 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 did me too, really. Just the history, the, everything there. I mean, decoys from the 1800s, and it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. But, Wow. Anyway, I know we're not talking I about. I can't wait to take my kids in there. Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. I mean, that that's what was awesome about it. I mean, there's there's all kind of interactive video, big touchscreen TVs with interactive video about. Thing. I mean, there was probably eight or ten of those in there, and I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It, it was unbelievable. So anyway, that's that's my spiel on that. It was it was really really phenomenal, just walking around in in there. <clears throat> well, guys, I know we're, that our plan today was to was to talk about trail cams and what we should be doing in the during deer season, especially into the late season with deer hunting. But I think we're past the point of no return as far as covering that topic. I thought what we covered today was really, really awesome. You know, just no, it, giving it ins- yeah. giving giving that inside information. That's about, right. The, the TV world, because like I said, people know, I guess what I'm saying, standing around the fire pit, they always ask me, you know, what, what does this cost or how do you do this? And I think Jake today, dude, that was great. The information yeah, that it was you awesome. gave. It was awesome shedding that light on that because that's, I mean, that's stuff that you hear a lot and people, and like I said, some people don't, I mean, well, a lot of people just don't have a clue um, on what it really right. takes on the effort side of it and what it really takes on the, the monetary side of it to to be able to sit down and watch, you know, 20 or 25 minutes of hunting on TV. The 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 sponsorship side of it too. I mean from the from the producer side looking at sponsors, people don't realize how hard it is to <clears throat> to make sponsors happy either because they do spend a lot of money on your TV show 
And you've also got, you know, five or six other seven or eight or ten other sponsors that you have to appease as well. And to get, I mean, to get it all in there is just, I mean, outside of commercials itself, just being able to, you know, use a product on every show. If you don't, then that company feels like they got left out. They, you know, they only got, they only got promotional value for 12 episodes as opposed to 13. And then it gets broke down into numerical values. And, you know, it's just a really complicated thing. And so I think start, you know, when you're talking about people getting hammered and criticized for jumping ship or, or, you know, moving laterally from one sponsor to the next, it's, you know, to me, when people are getting hammered over it, I, I feel bad for them because I know this side of the industry and it's sometimes it's inevitable. And I guess, you know, if you get you get paid to do something you love to do, there's going to be some consequences one way or another. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I just I almost felt bad for that guy because this was a this is a gun manufactured they they traded up i guess to another gun and was starting to promote that and man and Mm. the the initial introduction to this person being sponsored by this gun manufacturer i guess was announced out at the shot show and oh yeah and man i guess that they you know they've been promoting this other gun for forever and now they're jumping on board with this one. This person has a lot of influence over a lot of young people. And, dude, he he was getting hammered. I'm not dare going to say the name on this podcast, but, God, I couldn't believe the people. So, man, people on social media can be vicious. When you Ooh, they're mean. People behind. that hide behind the keyboard are mean, boy. Can be. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. There's a lot of nice people out there, too. <laughs> but there's some man they don't care what they say you know I, you know the old picture that always went around with the fat guy in his underwear sitting behind the old tandy 2000 computer the internet tough guy oh yeah exactly internet tough guy <laughs> <laughs> that is that is hilarious there's a bunch of them out there now <laughs> well guys i think that's a uh a good stopping point for us today um I want to thank you guys for a great podcast, Jake. Thank you for a look into that world. And we'll end it with Josh, you got any final thoughts? Uh no, I don't. I I really enjoy, you know, having that uh you know, having shed light on that kind of stuff because that's a that's a big topic that not many people talk about. So I I really enjoyed it. Jake, do you have any final thoughts for today? My final thoughts are the moral to this story is do not go out and try to produce a TV show and think you're going to get rich because you're just kidding yourself. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, I guess mine is going to be I was happy to see the – political structure change in the United States. I know that you two things you never are really supposed to discuss in a mixed world is politics and religion and but I was I was I'm glad to see the political structure change in the United States. It looked like a peaceful mostly peaceful change of power. I guess you guys saw the protest mm-hmm. um in Washington by the celebrities and their the, their followers, the the, and I I don't know I don't see that side of Donald Trump. I you know I see people, I, I just see him as a great businessman, and I, let's let's judge him four years from now. But, I mean we had a we had an election process, the country decided the direction that the country needed to go in. Let's see what happens. If it doesn't work out, you know what his butt's going to get voted out four years from now. Mm-hmm. That's why they have term limits, and no matter what, it seems like no matter what political party takes office, you know, half the pe- at least forty nine percent of the people, the populace, are unhappy with it. So, you know, it's nothing new. I'm just I'm watching it almost, almost 
you know, just ignoring it because it'll pass and, and things will move on. Let me ask y'all something. Did you ever, I know your political leanings, but did you ever pull against Obama ever since he's been in office? Did you ever pull against him? I never wanted him to fail. I mean, no. I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a big difference is a lot of people mm-hmm. are out there right now, point. like, like they want to see Trump fail. Well, we don't that's need that. Point. You might not like him. That's fine if you don't like him, but you know, I don't, I don't want you to you know look at him or be out there rallying to hope that he fails because that's going to screw up a whole lot more. That's right. I totally agree with that, Josh. And to answer your question from my perspective, I had to reiterate or restate that because once I understood the question, I never pulled against President Obama. Maybe not on. I never pulled against him, but it's like you said, you just don't want to see someone fail because it affects the whole country when they fail. That's right. But man, I the the. The craziness that you see from some of these people, man, they're just oh, they're against the person from the get go. But unbelievable. A whole nother podcast for a whole nother day. For <laughs> Josh and Jake, thank you guys. I look, this is I think this is one of the best ones we recorded. Just because people want that insight into that world that you live in, Jake. And I think you gave us a great look. You pulled back the curtain and showed us what was going on inside that world. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for asking me, and I'm glad I could help. I I appreciate y'all letting me be a part of this. All right, guys. For Jake and Josh, I'm Rocky. We want to thank you for joining this edition of the On The X Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com.